You are listening to Tuesday Takes with the Tommy Experience. Tune in to the ColorCast app on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time to listen to the show live, chat with the boys, and maybe even be on the show. Download the ColorCast app or go to TommyExperience.com for more information. And now, here's the show. All right. That was an abrupt end to the song. I didn't really mean to do that. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tommy. This is Tuesday Takes. I'm with my pal Jason. Today is February 1st, 2022, and my gosh, Jason, we have absolutely nothing to talk about. <laughs> we have almost too much to talk about. There's uh, a lot going on in the world. But before we get started, how are you today? How am I? Good. Thanks for asking, A. B, I'm okay. Um, for whatever reason, I, I just I can't breathe. Ever since I got COVID, I just haven't been able to breathe, and I have these random coughing fits. But other than that, you know, I'm surviving. Uh, I'm living, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm alive, so I have that going for me. But uh, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. We had uh, me and my my wife went up to the mountains and stayed up at a casino last night and did a little little gambling, which was fun. We made some money, and then we went snowboarding today. So it was a good day. Um, I haven't really been like been away from my phone and stuff. I know you're texting me about a lot of the stuff that's been going on today, a lot of the sports news. Um, and I didn't really have a chance to dive in until the last two hours. Now I'm really excited to talk about everything. Yeah, well, that's okay because, man, do we have stuff to talk about. Um, I was going to start with Tom Brady and was going to start with the playoffs, but I, I don't know if that's uh, responsible as a as an aspiring journalist right now because uh, of what is happening with Brian Flores and, and the NFL. He has released um, – uh, a, a lawsuit suing the NFL and the Giants and Broncos specifically uh, for racism, uh, and and uh, there's some there's some stuff out there, man. There's some stuff going on. Um, initially, it looked like he was uh, the the reports that were came out. There wasn't really anybody that read the lawsuit, and it just looked like he was just outlashing because he didn't get any of the jobs and then you read into it and you're like oh this is this is a real thing this is a big deal and um so basically long story short what's going on is he's suing uh the giants because uh, it's alleged that they had their head coaching decision done before brian flores was even um uh, interviewed and that's because Bill Belichick accidentally uh, congratulated him via text instead of who actually got the job, um, and and Brian Dable, and then that that sparked uh, Brian Forrest being like, "Are you talking to the right person?" And Bill Belichick being, "Oh crap, no, I'm sorry." And this was three days before uh, Forrest was even supposed to interview with the Giants. Obviously, he didn't get the job, and then and then Dable did. So you had that. Then there's this stuff with the Dolphins, which I really want to get into because it's alleged that the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, in 2019 was offering him $100,000 every time the Dolphins lost. So that way they would get a better draft pick, which is not ethically good at all. Uh, And then there's some stuff about him in a boat, like, like inviting Flores to a boat and tampering with who we thought was Deshaun Watson, but apparently it's Tom Brady. They were trying to lure him during the during the period where you can't tamper with anything. 
So there's a bunch of shady stuff happening in, in Miami. Then he got this stuff in New York with the Giants. And in 2019, he interviewed for a job with the with the Broncos, and he didn't get that one. Uh, and he listed he listed that in the lawsuit as well. But he did this. Uh, it's a it's a class action lawsuit. So there's like more than 20 people that are like on board, and Brian Flores is like the one who's bringing it forth, kind of like sacrificing himself really. And the whole lawsuit really gets into a bunch of the details of just the analytics and, and the studies of uh, African-Americans and, and minorities not getting a chance at head coaching or leadership positions in the NFL. And the analytics and the statistics on it are kind of mind-boggling. And this is going to send shockwaves in the NFL. Uh, and, and the NFL has already come out with a statement saying that there's nothing to it, uh, which is bad so i think things are about to get ugly jason really really quickly here yeah i like i, I don't know which parts are going to be big parts yet uh like i said i'm, I'm still kind of digesting it, and you've done a lot more digging into it than i have today but um even you are you know and anybody who's who's pretty caught up on the story so far um, is gonna be, you know, this is the very early stages of the story. So, um, I, I, I kind of put my foot in my mouth, honestly, talking to you about this earlier because we didn't have all the information. And, and you and I both said, you know, we talked about the Rooney rule, which we, we both kind of agreed is, is a band aid that the NFL puts on a much more nuanced issue. Um, and that when you do something like that, all, all they do is, and for people not, not familiar with the Rooney rule. It essentially says uh, it, it gives teams uh, a hiring quote or a, I'm sorry, an interviewing quota um, when they're doing, when they're hiring a new uh, head coach or a new staffing position um, that they have to interview a certain amount of minorities. Um, that is just, I mean, this is a situation that that would create um, because it's not a, a fix for a, a systematic issue. Um, it's just saying, okay, well you have to interview them. And then, and it, it, I think that that's, this is super predictable. I think that like knowing that rule, you would say, yeah, that's probably what teams that don't want to hire Brian Flores are going to do is they're going to interview Brian Flores because they have to, and they're being told they need to. And, and somehow that fixes these issues. Um, and it doesn't, um, you know, it's good that more people interview it's, you know, but, uh, I, I still don't really understand if like the frustration from him is that he didn't get the job or that he like, they wasted his time. I, I don't know enough about, I'd love to hear who the other people um, are, who the other coaches are, who, have, you know, I, I'd love not even who they are, but I'd like to hear their stories and how they're involved and, um, and what they're bringing forward as well. Um, and I think, you know, the deeper we go, it, it is a system that needs fixing. Um, I, I think, you know, it is, it was a courageous move by, by Brian Flores, um, you know, for, from what I can see at this point, Um I, there's a couple things that I think will be bigger deals. One being, you know, the Dolphins paying him to lose on purpose um, and the ramifications that that would have um, are ginormous because, um, you know, there's people who sports bet on those games. Um, there's Responsibly. Who, you know, uh, players' salaries um, were, are, are determined, you know, through different statistics that those games took into an account. So, it, it messed with a lot of money in a lot of different places if that was happening and if there's proof, like like you pointed out when we talked earlier today, um, if they can prove that and they can prove that, uh, 
you know, that that was done. Um, there's going to be a lot of angry people in a lot of places, and it's going to be interesting to see how the sports books react. Um, you know, MGM and and um, and FanDuel and DraftKings and even Barstool now, these are like, you know, big players in this market. Um, and, and if they threw their powers together, they have a lot of lobbying power within the NFL. Yeah. Um, and, and this could be could really have major ramifications, rule changes, uh, suspensions, people leaving the sport. Um, it, it could really come down hard if there's proof of this happening. And if it was as widespread as Flores, um, you know, made it out to be, um, if it was one game, you know, it's still wrong, but it's, you know, it's not a half season of, of bets that were invalidated or, or, you know, season stats. I mean, we have to go and look at like, Oh, well who played the dolphins in the second half of the season when they were actively trying to lose when they're paying their head coach to try to lose a football game. Um, And then there's also, you know, there's always the question whenever something like this happens uh, is, is it happening elsewhere? Are other teams also doing this Um, is, you know, a third of the NFL at one time being paid to lose games uh, we don't know that. And so that's like, that's, I think the big, uh, as, as daunting as everything else in this story is, um, as, as, you know, much of an overhaul it would take to fix a systemic problem within the NFL and sports leagues in general, um, as, as, as important and as big a, as that is, I'm really curious to see like where the, the football results, where, like where, where does that stop and where does does this trying to lose start um because you know that that's going to be super relevant going into the next season of football is like are are the lines are teams not going to go 2 and 11 anymore or 2 yeah. and, you know 2 and 13 to start a season anymore are are teams going to be more 6 and 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 7 6 and 8 to start a season you know in a season they know they're not going to be good because they're not trying to lose you know, I, what happens from here with, with yeah. that and with the competitive balance of the league, I think it is really huge, not more important right. than, you know, the systemic problems, yeah. um, but something we could see immediate change on. Yeah, I think this systemic problems is the main cause of all this. That's exactly I, like this is what they want to go after. And it, everything that I read and I read stuff all the way up to like two minutes before we started here. Um, there, there's a report that this has been sitting on a table and waiting for, for several years now. And Brian Flores was the one to, to be, uh, for lack of way better terms, like a sacrificial lamb of like, yeah, I'll give up my coaching career, uh, to do this and to be this guy. So, uh, much like Colin Kaepernick esque, uh, quite honestly, um, and uh, here we go. The, the circle starts over again. Uh, and, and this stuff that's way bigger than, than football being played on a field or whatever. Um, definitely some big stuff that is going to ho- maybe hopefully lead to some actual changes happening. Um, but Brian Flores stepping up and, and doing the dirty work here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were texting before and, uh, before we knew all the details, it, I mean, it looked like, uh, it looked like Brian Flores was just basically throwing a hissy fit that he didn't get the jobs. And real quickly, I found out that this is way bigger than, than any of it. Um, and it's been going like, it's been, this lawsuit has been, uh, in the works for, for years. So Brian Flores was the one that, uh, was, uh, ballsy enough to, to do it. So 
here we go. This is the beginning of something very big that I think we're going to be talking about for a very long time. Uh, and it started today with Brian Flores uh, doing this lawsuit. And I and I listened to a legal analyst today uh, on, on Chicago local radio on the sports station. And uh, she basically just said everything that we just said. And was like, this is going to last for forever. And it's not going to look good for the NFL. So um, that's what's happening. I'm sure we're going to have oodles and boodles more on it, uh, the more that we know, but we, we know very minimal right now. Uh, more stuff is coming, uh, but that that's what we have on it, and it, it, it looks ugly. It looks like it's just going to get uglier and uglier, too. Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's, it's going to force a lot of change. Um, there's going to be things that change because of this rule change. Hopefully, like we, we talked about the Rooney rule a little bit ago, Hopefully that's taken a look at and something more detailed and, and something that accounts for nuance more accurately is, is put into place. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, even like you don't need statistics really to show you that, that racism is a problem with, with head coaching in the NFL. There's one current black coach in the NFL. Um, and, and for a league that is so predominantly played, um, by black men and people and minorities um, to, to not be represented in the coaching of the sport. Um, I, there really isn't another situation like that in major sports. You know, every sport deals with, you know, racism and sexism. We've seen what's happened in the NFL um, and, and the MLB with, with women and, and, and different locker rooms and clubhouses um, and, 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 and change needs to happen. Um, but one black coach in, in a coaching a league full of black players, um, it just it doesn't make sense. Um, and so change is going to come one way or another, whether it happens organically by teams that are losing a lot, looking at it and saying, why are we hiring outdated ideas, old white men who can't relate to younger black players? And, and why don't we take a chance on one of the guys, you know, that, that is going to do things a little differently. That is going to be able to relate to the players and go in a different direction than what we're doing. If you're, you know, the dolphins are a great example of this. If you're the dolphins, if you're the giants, no offense, if you're the bears, if you're a lot of these teams that have been failing for years and years now, why not take a look at a guy? Why keep doing the same thing? Why keep making the same mistake of these outdated coaches? So yeah. that might be, I mean, a route where it happens organically. Yeah, and you talk, um, you, talk you, you talk, you talk. Could also be rule changes. Yeah, really quick, you talked about the Bears. Uh, Lovey Smith got fired after a ten-win season, and the next guy in line was Mark Tressman. So you tell me. I don't know stuff like that. So, and I, I hope that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what's to come. Uh, but I know that we were kind of saying that with the Colin Kaepernick stuff, too. And you know what? Uh, cards on the table, to be honest, like where I was living and what I was doing and what I knew about the situation. Uh, I was like, I can tell you right now, I didn't know shit about the about the Colin Kaepernick thing. Like I, I was so against it that I wasn't open to to having a conversation or talking about anything. And and I'm I'm happy to say that almost 10 years later now uh i have i have a little more understanding of things and and that's great and uh i have a little bit more of um privilege that i saw that i didn't see 10 years ago uh and so it it's made me capable of having conversations like this um that we're going to have for a long time now um but that's that's how we got to start the show today we got to we got to talk about that and and hope that that good things are to come from that uh, 
any anything else before before we kind of get move on here like not not that we that we're done talking about this it's, we're, you know <laughs> there's no easy way to segue yeah <laughs> yeah here's a segue speaking of uh old white men leaving the league uh tom brady <laughs> has officially unofficially officially re unretired you know what i he learned he's retiring from yeah. football you know what I learned today for the first time ever? I was today years old when I found this out. Tom Brady's three kids, not all of them are Giselles. Yeah, he had one with the girl from um, from iRobot. Yeah, right? and from and Blue Bloods. Got, yeah, he left her when she was pregnant. He he he. No, so I um, so I, I don't know if they're married. Or... Yeah, so I read it. So they dated, and then they they amicably split up, and then uh, Tom started dating Giselle later in the year. And two months into dating Giselle, uh, this girl tells Tom, "Was like, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant, and the kid's yours." And they ended up like because everything was so amicable, and she is now in a, in a healthy relationship, and she might have been back then too. And Tom was in a healthy relationship with Giselle, and both set of of spouses like just rallied around this kid, and like they all became like a big family, which is kind of cool like no baby drama or anything and Giselle I was reading like I read way too much about this today that uh she really contemplating leaving Tom because they're only they've only been dating for two two and a half months at this point and now he's got a kid coming with another girl he's like oh good another like another star athlete like doing this stuff you know and she stuck it out and now look at them they're like a perfect family and it's like two perfect families in one yeah, that's wild. I if I was like, imagine being Tom, like raising Tom Brady's son, like being Tom <laughs> Brady's son's stepdad. And being, yeah, I would just be like, get, get in the backyard and throw yeah. some spirals. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine being <laughs> the other guy? Yeah, I this. yeah I dumped Tom Brady for you. No pressure. <laughs> Yikes. But yes, uh, Tom Brady. It in my opinion, the greatest of all time, uh, has officially retired and. Uh, it looks like he's going to sign a one-day contract with the New England Patriots uh, tomorrow at a ceremony in Foxborough uh, and then retire as a Patriot. I assume that he's going to go into the Hall of Fame uh, as, a, as a Buffalo Bill because he was the greatest Buffalo quarterback of all time until Josh Allen. <laughs> so, he, What team did he own the most? Was it was it, the Bills. Uh, he, you know, I know that... The Bills, so he would, He only lost three times, I believe, against the Bills. He yeah. has some of the most insane stats, and, and you always jokingly you know, make fun of me for my love of stats, but um, he has some of the most uh, incredible stats about him. He, To me, it's not even a question of if he's the GOAT. It's the question of, is he the greatest athlete of all time? Yeah. Because his, his level of dominance in a sport uh, for that long was is is absolutely insane and and yeah. so I think it's is he the best is he the best goat of all time is he the 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 best athlete the best sportsman of all time um, and it's it's a fun conversation to have it's it's obviously hard because like how do you carry over some of the stuff that like some of like individual like tennis yeah. players have done golf players how do you compare golf to you, you know, like yeah team sport? it's um, it's very fuzzy and and you can't and i have two things or one fact to go back to your to your stats and then another thing about this greatest of all time thing the first thing the stats uh he was 90 something like 90 something and 23 in the afc east 
That was his record in the AFCs, 90-something wins and 23 losses. And a lot of those losses came against uh, came against the Dolphins for whatever reason. So there's your fun fact about his dominance. And then the second thing about the greatest of all time, NBC Sports uh, or Bulls Talk or whatever tweeted out uh, who was better, Brady with his 7-10 and 10, or 7-3 and three record in the Super Bowl uh, or Michael Jordan 6-0 and 0 in the finals. And... I mean, obviously, everybody in the comments was like, oh, my God, Michael, Michael, Michael. And I'm here to tell you, as a Chicago guy, first thing, incorrect. I think Tom Brady, Tom Brady's 10 Super Bowls and winning seven of them are ridiculous, A. And B, you can't compare the two. It's two very different things. Michael Jordan played basketball. There's 82 games in a basketball season. If he had taken off one or two games, it's fine. If Tom Brady had sat out one or two games in any of these seasons, which he did have to for Deflategate, but you could arguably say he's not sitting with seven Super Bowl rings and ten Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, and uh, just the longevity too. Like, So he was, when he won a Super Bowl in his second year, he was the youngest quarterback at the time to ever win a Super Bowl. Um, and then when he won a Super Bowl in his second to last year, he was the oldest player to uh, uh, quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. So he yeah. he was the oldest at his position to lead a team and the youngest. So and then I mean those years in between those two accomplishments were weren't too shabby either. Um, you you saw he was the uh, there was actually the fun fact going around last week when the first bit of retirement news came out. He was the most active athlete. Uh, drafted by the Montreal Expos. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He so he also he lasted a decade longer than any other quarterback in his draft class. Um, he outlasted entire uh, draft classes from future years. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he had he he played two different seasons for two seasons. He had uh, players in the league that were uh, younger than his NFL career. And he that's, was still putting up just, MVP numbers against those players. <laughs> so, so incredible. He's just that good. Uh, yeah. It's not debatable that he was the greatest ever in the sport. Maybe one day on a slow sports day, we, we really like dive into the numbers and we maybe make the arguments for each of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it, it, even in the sport of football, in yeah, even in the sport of football, it's hard because like greatest player of all time. Like, you know, if you, if you like dissect it, greatest player of all time, but then you're talking about Lawrence Taylor, who was like just a monster. Um, and I mean, there's a couple other guys that were just ridiculous. Walter Payton running the ball, Barry Sanders running the ball, you know, people like that. But just in general, like greatest of all time, you think really now you think three names, right? Greatest of all time. I think Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady. Like, those are the names that come to mind when you say greatest of all time. Yeah, I always have to throw in Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, another great one. Yeah, absolutely. Serena Williams. um, Dale Earnhardt. There's a a couple that come to mind. Dale Dale Earnhardt. um, Yeah, I mean, there's, like, the greatest of all time. It would be fun to really look into each sport and break it down and look at, like, who was the greatest of all time. Well, I'll to me, tell I you think what. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We're going to have the greatest in basketball. We're going to have oodles and boodles of time to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. Crosby. I'm not familiar. Uh, Crosby, is that, is are you talking about Ben Crosby? Yeah, he was Ben Crosby, greatest, uh, greatest Christmas singer of all time, for sure. Mate, you're talking. 
and you're talking about Mason Crosby. Actually, fun fact Mason was Crosby, I was yeah. a uh, Pittsburgh Pen- Penguins fan in the early 2000s growing up. We used to play street hockey, and my friends uh, actually told me, you know, got me into, into it, and we started watching Kings games, but I didn't really like the Kings, so I used to watch Mason Crosby. It like was when Sydney he was Crosby, first by drafted. the way. He was drafted like 04 yeah, or Sydney 05, Crosby. something like that. Mason I, Crosby. I, I was – Mason, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan in Southern California. Mason Crosby was the kicker for the Green Bay Packers. Sidney Crosby is who you want. Sidney, Sidney yes. Crosby, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bing Crosby, though. Best Crosby. The kid who saved uh kid who saved hockey. That's yeah. the one he was drafted. There was a lot of talk about how yeah. you know hockey was was an outdated sport and, and kind of going downhill. Um, but he's not better than Wayne Gretzky. Yep. I know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tom Brady retired. Oh, and, uh, Ben Roethlisberger retired too. Yep. We talked a lot about that last week. Yeah. I don't think we really need to say more, but two greats of the game. Now, completely overshadowed because Tom Brady's retiring. So doesn't even matter. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, like, if you're, if you're a big Ben, you gotta be like a little bit like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Now you're just praying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't retire. Cause it's like, I can't fight two of you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers could retire. Yeah. I would be okay with that. I still I'm, think I'm kind of like, there's. We talked so little about Aaron Rodgers football this year. Like, I he's just a distraction to the league at this point, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And we have so many promising young guns: Joe Burrow, uh, Jason or uh, uh, Herbert, uh, Jacob Justin Herbert. Herbert. Um, you know, Mahomes is not. I don't think he's dead. Uh, like a lot of people are, like he's just the worst now. I don't see that. Um, you know, Lamar still a very talented quarterback. Josh Allen. So we have so many good young quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I don't need Aaron Rodgers drama. No, and you so know what? I me, would love for him to go to go. Denver. I would love for him to go to Denver and go and go face Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and uh, and whatever the Raiders are going to do because he spent all of his career in a very crappy division in the NFC North, I'll tell you. Uh, and and then he flukes out in the playoffs. So, yeah, let's go see him face Patrick Mahomes two times a year and Justin Herbert two times a year and some elite defenses over there. Yeah, I would love to see it. So that way, like, he realizes he's not all that in a bag of chips, and then he can retire. Yeah. Anyways, there's so, no hate um, behind that. Absolutely not. <laughs> as we get into football, we're, t- we're talking about football. Should we, uh, should we get into just another weekend of insane football? I mean, this Incredible. has been six amazing yes. football games in a you row now. Over the you know last what? You know what? I got a new toy, Jason. I want to test it out right here. Uh, let's, let's hear it for the, uh, let's hear it for the weekend of football. That's right. Give it up. Live studio audience here. <laughs> um, That's pretty great. Yeah. All right. AFC championship game. The Chiefs are up 21 to 3 at halftime. They're driving down in the last minute of the first half and they're on the goal line. It's fourth and goal. There's 5 seconds left. You got a chance to put in the end zone. You got a chance to take 3 points and get it on the board. And they do a little screen pass without the screen blocking to Tariq Hill. What it what? <laughs> yeah. I, so you had you put in the notes, uh, can't do that uh, team of the week, is the Kansas City Chiefs, and specifically Pat Mahomes. Um, I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you can't blow that lead to that inexperienced of a team as, as talented as the Bengals are. And as much as we've talked about them, um, I, like, I don't think you can blow that lead. But I actually don't blame Patrick Mahomes that much. He was near perfect in the first half. 
if you're a quarterback, what can you, what else can you do for your for your defense than be perfect? Keep them off the field the uh, like the entire first half. Have what was it a twenty one to three? Um, yeah, twenty one to three the, at halftime. Yeah, like you have an eighteen point lead and you are super fresh, and you're going coming out in the second second half of the game and. And I, I just I, I don't I don't think that it really falls on Patrick Mahomes. I think he threw a softball of a pitch to his defense and his coaches to to go ahead and, and like let's lock this thing down early. And then they weren't able to do it. They weren't able to put stops together in the second half. They yeah. weren't able to get their hands on Joe Burrow. They weren't able to pull him down. Um, and because of that, you know, Patrick Mahomes was asked to do more and he couldn't. Um, but to go near perfect in the first half of a conference championship game um, and go up 18 points and then not see the fruits of that, I, I don't think is entirely on the quarterback or really the to blame on the quarterback. I think he shares some of it, but mostly I'm looking at my defense going, how do you blow that lead? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just a ridiculous second half. I mean, and you said you didn't you didn't blame Patrick Mahomes. I got your blame on Patrick Mahomes. Did you see a couple of those where he's just running around in the backfield like an idiot? Like he didn't have a brain. He was just so dumb. Yeah, but it's worked over the years, and they've won Super Bowls from him doing that. And, like, he is good at that. And if it breaks down, then – but the Bengals prepared for that in the second half. They they dropped back more into coverage. They didn't they didn't try to rush him as much. They gave him time to kind of – move around they 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 kept Tyreek Hill in front of them um they they you know they had uh you know a, a good handle on Travis Kelsey yeah all right we got the Scoo joining us right now what's up man what's going on guys how's it going yeah, I'm just on my ride home from work now I figured I'd hop on and talk some uh, some some pigskin with you boys please what is on yeah, your what? mind <laughs> uh, all right so a couple of things I, I know you're talking about that Bengals uh, Chiefs game so a couple of big, big things that I thought were very interesting because you, you, you look at the first half and the second half of that game, right? They're up, they're up 21 to three chiefs. Chiefs have five seconds on the clock, no timeouts. They're on the two yard line. The smart, I, the smart thing to do there is you kick the field goal and you go into halftime with that lead. You absolutely three, right? have to kick that field goal. 100%. Because, yeah, because you're, you're getting the ball at half, right? Like you're getting the ball. So you, you take the points. It's, that's what you try to do. You try to score at the end of the first half, and then you get the ball the second half. That's what that's what Brady and uh, the, the Patriots, when he was on the Patriots, he loved doing that. Yeah. Right? So that, that's the first thing. The second thing is is that because he because they won for it and they got two, they didn't get it. That from that point, the entire momentum of the game swung because it gave it gave the Bengals so much confidence. They're like, holy crap, we just stopped them. You know, we make some second half adjustments. And, you know, we, 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 are, we already did this week 17 against this team. We were down by two touchdowns, and we ended up coming back and winning. Yeah. The other thing is is that the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I don't know what they were thinking. If you look at the actual uh, plays that they were running, what do you, have to, what do, you do, guys, when, you're, when you have a big lead in the game? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to run the football. Yeah, they did. If you didn't. look at the actual yeah. second half runs, they only ran the ball, I think, four or five times the entire second half. And they were running. They were getting six yards per carry. So when you're running it on such a high clips like that, it yeah. makes no sense to go away from the run, right? So it's like they run, they run, they run like first first down, they get a six yard run, and yeah. then a throw and a throw, incomplete turnover on downs and punt. Like what are they? What's the coaching staff thinking there? Yeah. Do you remember uh, not in the 
in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. It was like three years ago because they've been the four in a row now. The first of the four, same exact thing happened. They had the lead in the second half, and then they completely abandoned the run, and Tom Brady did the Tom Brady stuff. And and then, 100%. yeah, it's the exact same thing. And do you know who the offensive coordinator was right there? Matt Nagy. Then he goes to the Bears and ruins their <laughs> offense. So now I'm looking. So if I'm like, there was kind of uproar about the Kansas City Chiefs and how their offensive corner, or offensive coordinator wasn't getting any of the head coaching opportunities that some of the other people were. I, th- I honestly believe Matt Nagy's failure had something to do with that, A, and B, you saw what happens like in the in the second half of a big lead like that. Like they, they it's like during their regular season they're just kind of skating by. They'll run the clock out cuz they're like I just want to get to the playoffs. Then they get to the playoffs and they're like, right. "Oh, we got to throw every single play. Patrick Mahomes needs to be a god." And it's like he's not. Yeah. Stop it. They were getting they were they were getting too cute with the offense, right? So, for example, if you if you actually looked at the Xs and the Os and what the Bengals did in the second half from a defensive standpoint, they were only rushing three and leaving eight back. They were daring Mahomes to just throw the throw underneath, and he didn't do it for some reason. Like he could have just thrown that little like screen to Kelsey every single play if they wanted to throw, they would have yeah. gotten the first down because they were giving them space. They were just literally rushing three. What do you do when you rush three? You run the ball. So the whole the whole thing was just a clusterfuck in my opinion. And yeah. like, listen, I'm a, I'm a big Bengals guy. I'm a big Joey B guy. So I'm, I'm happy that. He, he, like that that they made it and everything like that but yeah. in my opinion this is more this is more of the chiefs just blowing this game instead of like the Bengals winning it in my opinion yeah for sure and i noticed that a couple of times you said we and stuff like so you're you sound like a Bengals guy right no no i was just i bet on them so i've been i've been, oh, I've been putting big bets on Bengals money line every single responsibly uh, every of course single, uh, playoff game and i also i own a lot of joe burrow like uh, rookie prism uh cards i don't know if you know about sports trading cards but those cards are like going through the roof right now, so that's why that's why I'm pulling for Burrow. Gotcha, very cool. So I assume that that's going to be your Super Bowl pick as well. Oh yeah, I love love Bengals money line. Love them with the points. Love them. Love the money line, and also love the over in the game. Also, Dude. I think it's going to be a really yeah. Like people are sleeping on this game. They're like, oh, we don't have Brady. We don't have Rodgers. And they're like, this is going to be like a fantastic game. It's going to be a great coach. Two great as well. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible game, and I encourage you to hang tight on the over because ever since the line came out, it's gone down three points. So hang tight because we're going to get our number, and then you smash it. What, what do you What do you think it's going to What do you think it's going to stay at? It's at forty. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. It's at forty eight right now, and I I like it at forty eight, but I really feel like once we get to the forty seven, forty seven and a half, people are going to start freaking out and hit the over, and then it's going to catapult back right. up so i'm waiting until it hits 47 and a half and then i'm gonna do it responsibly of course because my fiance is listening and we're saving for a wedding so responsibly uh, i've already gotten married we already got the wedding out of the way so i will be <laughs> losing plenty of money on on this game i'm gonna be going hard on the two cooper cup touchdowns uh eli uh, the guy called burnt toast uh e- man eli apple He's gonna have such a hard a hard time trying to cover um, Cooper Cup, and and I do like the Bengals money line. Um, I I don't actually know what the the numbers are right now, but I do like them to win this game. Um, but I do think Cooper Cup catches two touchdowns, so I'm gonna be going big on that. Um, I don't know about the over yet. I haven't looked into it enough, but uh, uh but I do want to say one thing about um you know about the. One of your points, Scoo, I, I appreciate you, you know, coming on and, and sharing. I will kind of push back on one thing. I, I don't think that the 
the attempt for the touchdown at the end of the second uh, quarter, right before the half, is that bad of a decision? Um, I think it was actually quite knowledgeable knowing that the Bengals were, were capable of a comeback um, because if you let's win it right here. And if we don't, hey, that's okay. We're, we still get the ball back. It's okay. It's, it's actually, to me, a good time to take a risk because you get the ball back. You can work the clock. Now, everything they did after failed, and so I think it looks worse in, in hindsight. Um, but I think it was respectful to the Bengals, and I think going, let's end this game here. It's a conference championship game. Let's get into the Super Bowl on this play right here. Um, I, I don't hate that idea, and I, and I say, hey, give it to your star and let Mahomes do it, his thing, and he wasn't able to. I hear your point. It's not a bad point. The only thing is, if you're going to do it, have a better play call than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Absolutely. like I, it, it, yeah. it was a weird play call, especially since they had no timeouts. And I honestly, if you look at the highlights and everything, Patrick Mahomes is trying to call a timeout after that play. So he didn't have, you didn't have a good grasp on, on the actual time management clock and the timeout situation. I think that he honestly thought that they had one timeout left. So if that's, if that's, because you see him, if you look at the, uh, the highlights, he's literally, he's screaming. He's like, um, so, I mean, if that's the case, but um, again, I don't, I don't hate the call. I think that they go for it, but again, throw it into the end zone. Yeah. No timeouts, five seconds. Yeah. Left, you definitely know? not too, yeah. too against the call, but definitely against the play call for sure. I, I like, I like for the sure. aggressiveness, but if you're going to do a play call like that, you might as well just go ahead and kick the field goal. I mean, I, I mean, it was and horrible. I'll, I'll, I'll take that point and I'll go even further with it because if you're going to say, if you're going to respect the Bengals <clears throat> enough to really go for that, when you get the ball back in the second half, you need to be running, like you guys talked about, running the football and really eating up clock because you're exactly. saying this team could come back and beat us. So I totally agree that like it was the right call and everything they did after the play, they, what, they decided we're going to go for it. And I don't think that was a bad decision, but then everything after they did was a bad decision. The play call, the way they ran the clock when they got the ball back in, in the uh, second half, a lot of the decisions, a lot of, yeah, they weren't going short. They weren't going across the middle. They weren't eating up the clock. They weren't running the ball and they let this comeback that they acknowledged might happen. It, you know, if, if you take, you know, my point and you think that might be even what they were possibly considering, then they have to respect the Bengals and the, and they didn't the rest of the game. Uh, so I think you'd be consistent then and you go, OK, we didn't get it here. We got to eat up the clock. We got to waste time. We can't let these guys pull off this comeback. Um, and, and they didn't do that. So I think that's the problem I have with with, you know, how the Chiefs went about that their business yeah. that day all they had to do was run the ball even even after that play even they didn't get it. they still got the ball back in the second half right just run the run the damn ball i mean, it was bizarre the whole the, the whole thing was bizarre and then the, I'll, I'll leave on this note the <laughs> if Pat, remember that last play i'm not gonna have enough time to get this thought out but that last play that patrick mahomes was scrambling on and he lost the, the football but luckily they recovered it and they kicked the field goal to go into overtime if, if mahomes would have fumbled that that would have been an all-time collapse like we would never forget about that that would have been up there with like Romo fumbling the ball and everything like that and we would just be even ribbing on on him even more so the the whole ending was bizarre and everything like that and the last thing is I would love if I could get a follow I'll follow you guys back just followed you my friend uh, radio as as well yep just followed you yeah buddy Um, absolutely for sure I'm gonna give you guys a follow back it was awesome chatting with you guys love what you guys do yep yep appreciate it man thanks for coming on thanks for jumping on um the his point is absolutely correct um, in saying that 
the all-time blunder if he did fumble that ball, which he uh, which he did fumble. If he didn't recover that fumble, like that would have been incredible. And man, as a <laughs> I I don't know. I he completely collapsed 100%. It's it the Bengals defense stepped up. They did what they were supposed to do, and Patrick Mahomes totally helped them do that. Yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, I, I do agree. I agree that, like, Mahomes could have done better. But, like I said, you give your team a, you know, a 21 to 3 lead uh, going into the half in a, in a half of football where you really kept the defense off the field well. Um, uh, you know, you're saying go out and win it to your defense. Um, and they, they allowed the comeback as much as anything. I mean, I, what do you need a quarterback for other than just, just run the ball, waste down the clock. Like they didn't even need Patrick Mahomes in the second half because he was that good in the first. Yeah. So Bengals are in the Super Bowl. something I didn't think I would ever say, but Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Uh, (laughs) um, all right, moving on. NFC Rams 20, 49ers 17, 49ers tried to make a miracle work. And then Jimmy Garoppolo totally got in the way. Yeah, yeah, this was a, I mean, again, another great, great game of football. Um, This was a fun one. I mean, we had all the star score. So, like, I know you and I were kind of just playing, like, the next TD score, and we hit, like, three of them just because it was like, all right, it's going to go to Cup now. We did pretty well, yeah. You know, Kittle Kittle hasn't touched it yet. All right, here we go, Debo. Like, we were, and, and it was fun, man. I mean, it was a fun game watching stars go off. Everybody that you'd expect to have a good game kind of had a good game. Yeah, except for uh, Scoo makes know, a very good point in the chat that McVay coached a horrible game, which is very true. Uh, and he said, burnt all of his second half timeouts in the third quarter. You're absolutely right. I was totally going to – I had that written down on my sheet to to to, to, to talk about. But, yeah, Mc, McVay will get to him. But he – I mean, he tried to lose the game 100%. Yeah. Yeah, he – like the, the challenge that didn't really make sense and the – the the use of the clock and the the timeouts was was weird. Um, I but I mean, I, hats off to Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, a guy who has been in the league a really 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 long time. Yep. And uh, and I, I I mean you know he finally gets he comes to L A. and and in the first year they everybody talked in the preseason about how the Rams were for real and and talked about how. Stafford was going to run a high-powered offense, and for a lot of weeks he did. And in the postseason, they've played smart football for the most part. I mean, I know that that they weren't always coached smart, um, but they've played smart football. He's been good. Um, other than, like, that almost crash landing against the Buccaneers where they, like, they kept fumbling the football and giving the ball back. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, they, he's really managed clocks well against good teams in these playoffs. Um, and he's really done the game managing that you want. And then they find like the over the top to Cooper or, you know, their defense gets a big stop. And they so he's really like kind of let the other people on his team shine. And he's done enough and known where to kind of step in and, and be Maddie Stafford. But, yeah, uh, you know, it, so I hats off to him. Um, I do think like like it's a little bit annoying to me now that like I didn't like what Mina Kimes said about uh, Jimmy G. Um, getting all the hate, like he's the guy has like been pretty successful in the NFL as a quarterback. And I think like she said it right before an NFC championship game. So he was like, it don't, it's almost like he loses and it's like, Oh, see, we told you about Jimmy G and it's like, okay, but he was in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Like he led, he went yeah. and won in green Bay. Like he, you know, so like you can't play both sides of that, of that coin. Like, yeah. 
So I, I think he's he gets more hate and he will get more hate for this game than he deserves. Uh, he still took a, a team that we didn't even think was going to make the playoffs and, and was, you know, three points away from a Super Bowl. So um, he's a, he had a good year. I think he, he does get phased out. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, does Trey Lance become the guy in San Francisco? Yeah. Um, does, you know, I, I, I mean, we don't know what will happen. Garoppolo could go somewhere else. He could go somewhere like Houston or, or, yeah. or a team that, that, you know, maybe is just not going to be great. And then he's just maybe restarting a new project there. Um, but Brock Osweiler well. 2.0. Um, I, I have to say, I have to say, how good is Cooper Cup? I mean, he is, he scores every time I watch him play. Ridiculous. He's, I don't remember yeah. the last Rams game I I watched that Cooper Cup didn't score yeah. a touchdown. You in. talk about people talking too much crap about Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody's talking enough about what Cooper Cup is doing. Like, yeah, like, yeah, he's incredible. He had one drop on Sunday. Uh, it was an ugly drop, but for every one of those drops, he's going to catch you like 300 balls. Yeah. And he caught two touchdowns after that. And like, he does everything well. Like he, you know, he's one of the best route runners in the league. Yeah. His yards after the catch is insane. Two he touchdowns. Never drops, he almost never drops the ball. Yeah. Two he, touchdowns he's that you, one of the best. I was just going to say two touchdowns. Say I was just going to say two touchdowns that you absolutely called happening. I did call both of those, yeah, and I had money on both of those. I was very happy. I went, um, I went like five and four in a row. I did Debo, then Cooper, then Kittle, then Cooper. Yeah. Um, and so that was a that was a really good one for me. But yeah, um, that like he what he's done, and then he's the he's one of the best run blockers in the league too, and he's a small small little guy, uh, but he he's so well rounded and he gives their offense so much. Um, he's really like the, always that outlet for uh you know Matt Safford and the rest of that offense it kind of reminds me of like a basketball player where it's just like you know he's gonna get his 30 points you know like he's they're they're gonna have that route where they can go anytime they need it and it it means so much in these big close games in the playoffs um so that and their defense has been great I I hold my hand up I was the Rams hater like all year long you yeah almost every step of the way you you wanted to talk about how good the Rams were and I, I wasn't really having it um but yeah credit to credit to my boy credit to our boy Aaron too for for stepping on the Rams bandwagon with me as well yep you guys you guys I remember fighting you in like week nine (laughs) um about it was like week eight or week nine and and, you know it was you two versus me and I I gotta hold my hands up as the wrong one on that one (laughs) um you saw it and I didn't and that's why it's so poetic that um our draft picks um, at the beginning of the playoffs, you and I did a fantasy draft. So we drafted our um, our teams. Um, so we each drafted a team one at a time. Um, and so I ended up Packers, Bucks, Bills, Bengals, Cards, 49ers, Eagles. You ended up Chiefs, Titans, Rams, Cowboys, Patriots, Raiders, Steelers. Um, and so uh, it's so poetic that we each have one left in this game. First of all, that's fun. Uh, it's fun yeah. that one of us didn't, you know, Um, so, so it's fun that we get to, you know, continue this into the, into the Super Bowl. but how poetic is it that you have your Rams, the team that I've hated on all season long and that you've had their back all season long, you have them to win it. And then I have the Bengals who you have backed um, every step of the way. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I, and I've, I've, I mean, I have called them to lose most of these playoff games. I'll hold my hand up at that. 
Um, and I definitely didn't see them being this good. Um, but I've always been a big Joey Burrow guy. Uh, ever since he got first got into the league, I watched him at LSU and he's just made for the NFL. Um, and so I've, I'm, it, I think it's, it's awesome that we get to end it this way with me rooting on the Bengals. Presumably you rooting on the Rams. Are you going to bet that way? What do you, what do you, I, I am reserving, reserving my right to pick next week. I will, I'm not making a pick right now. I, I have no idea what I'm going to yeah. do. Speaking of gambling, you and I have been kind of messing around a little bit more with NBA first scores, and I'm learning something. I am uh, I done. learned it today <laughs> while we were while we were taping. If the Milwaukee Bucks are are playing basketball, the first scorer of the basketball game is going to be Bobby Portis. Oh, every time. Oh, are they playing every basketball time. tonight? They are playing basketball. That started. Uh, there's three minutes and 50 seconds left in the first quarter. Oh. I thought, no way Bobby Portis does it for a third game in a row. And he did. So I went Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis scores the first <laughs> point. So I'm going to be hammering Bobby Portis' first scores for presumably the, oh, the rest no. of the NBA season. Oh, no. All right. Well, you're on your own. I'm done with first NBA scores. <laughs> I, I, I had free money that you got for signing up with the new sports book, and I wasted it all. And then I had free money again when we picked one, uh, and then you got free credits for the three-pointers, and luckily I got all my money back. And then I proceeded to put that free money on a first score, and it didn't work. So I'm done. I, I quit. I'm done with first scores. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to what I know, which is nothing at all. <laughs> um, That's pretty great. And then we uh, the only reason I'm even doing basketball right now is that we've been in such a lull with soccer. We don't really have, like, you know, my favorite betting day is like a PL day, uh, a Euro- European yeah. or an English Premier League Saturday day, morning or Champions League day where I can get a parlay with like eight teams and I can throw maybe $10 at it and, and you know, have a big day because of it. Those are my favorite days. That's what I want. I've been wanting to get back to. Um, and we've had these days with like two, maybe three Premier League games in a day and then yeah. a couple other abroad. We have like different we have like french you know uh cup games and and different things so it's been kind of weird and i haven't been super successful with it but the the schedule kind of evens back out in february and march so we'll get some some good like four five six leg english premier league team parlays going oh, uh, once the you know <laughs> and 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 we should be able to to be a little bit more profitable so we'll be tracking that on the action app yep um absolutely. you know you've kind of seen i've Definitely dipped in the last couple of weeks. I haven't been putting in a lot of bets, um, and I, I haven't really been going at the speed I was at. And I was definitely unsuccessful in the month of January. Um, but as things normalize, I think we're going to see uh, some hits on some big soccer parlays. Yes. All right. So you got some soccer coming up. I am all over college basketball. I'm starting to get into college basketball and the swing of things. I actually have three games on as we speak right now in the man cave. Uh, so uh, that's going to kick up and be good. And also... Uh, I do have to mention that we have NASCAR coming up, and NASCAR is probably like up there with baseball as my favorite sport. And my cousin Griffin and I have a podcast that we do about it. It's called The Tandem Draft. You should totally listen to it. But I will have some NASCAR bets too. You can bet your bottom dollar that I'll be having some NASCAR bets. And and honestly, Jason, I think you would you would enjoy NASCAR betting. It's it's electric. It's very fun. Hey, Tommy, do you know why they call it NASCAR? Why? Because that's a real NASCAR right there. <laughs> That is great. Hey, I will come on you're your so NASCAR pod anytime with, so with zingers like that. I will be able to offer nothing except pun-based jokes 
about NASCAR. So stupid. Oh my gosh, that was good. Uh, thank you for that. Um, wow, this uh, this hour went by pretty fast. Do you uh, do you have anything to add or any any soccer news happening or anything? Um, nothing really going on in soccer. It's uh, for for us, our a uh, a memeable, a very meme worthy uh, transfer window in January. We didn't sign anybody. Uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, our top scorer and. Yeah, he's uh, going know, one to of our, a lot of Arsenal fans' favorite players now plays for Barcelona. Yeah, what uh, we the didn't heck? get anything for him. We just canceled his big fat contract, so we got his wages off the books. Um, Are we so, okay with uh, that? I was hoping I actually, I was gonna around Christmas time put a bet in on top four because we looked like we were playing really well. Um, I will not be betting on Arsenal to be top four now if we finish top six and get into the Europa League for next year. I would be happy, but I don't think we'll get Champions League. Um, so that's very sad. Um, the other thing I did want to talk about really quickly is baseball. Um, they met oh, today. Yeah. Did you have? Did you pay much attention to that? Yeah, they saw like they negotiated a couple things, and apparently it got heated, and absolutely nothing happened. And now spring training is in danger. So yeah, I mean we're getting it's getting close. Um, I like we. I I think you and I share kind of the same mind on that. This of like it seems like the players are going to have to just fold at the last minute to have the season. Yeah. And yeah, it's like the, it's the owners are basically just waiting for the, for the players to fold. And then uh, whatever happens, happens after that, if they have to meet the needs of whatever or whatever, but it's stupid and I hate it. Um, I'm not any bit happy about anything going on in baseball. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I usually have I'm usually well into a opening day countdown and uh I didn't even start it this year because I didn't think I don't even think we're going to have opening day at the right time. I think uh we'll be lucky if we're seeing any baseball being played uh into the month of May. Yeah, that would be tough, but um I'm going to be the optimistic one uh and I'm going to say that that they 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 do fold. I mean, I don't think that's a good thing, but I think the players will fold. I think they'll get it done. I think spring training will be missed. I think we get opening day. Um, and I think it's a normal opening day season. Like, I think there was already too much missed because of COVID. I think, like, guys are also – I mean, if your prime of your MLB career was 2020, 2021, 2022, and you – I mean, there was, you know, only 60 games in 2020. Um, and then 2021 – if you know, if you were maybe games got canceled, if you got COVID or something, you you miss a big chunk of games, and then all of a sudden there's a lockout in 2022. Um, you know, that's three seasons of a prime that are eaten up. Yeah. If you're trying to put up big numbers, or if you're trying to you know go through arbitration soon, or if you're like a Freddie Freeman situation where I know he won a, a World Series, so he's happy, but um, you know if, if he's trying to really put in numbers for when contract delegation happens um you know you you need a full season this year you need 162 games on your ledger if you're trying to be a hall of famer um you know if you're kind of on the tail end of your prime uh, there's a couple you know players in the league right now that are are kind of coming down like freddie um that are kind of coming down joey Votto, i think is still trying to kind of add to his hall of fame resume so these guys that really need these seasons um the last three seasons have been brutal 
or last do and and I think that they're they're in a position where they're gonna say we need to play and I think that the owners might bend a little bit because I think we saw what it cost them to not play baseball games yeah. uh during COVID so I think with that lockout so recently it might have positive effects um and we might get some baseball um you know we might get this wrapped up we might get some baseball in March but I think we get opening day yeah well I certainly hope you're right um Darn, whatever, baseball, everybody's stupid, and I hate them. So um, that's our show. Jason, thank you so much for being here and doing things with me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, anything else? Nope, always a pleasure, Tommy. We will uh, we'll talk more this time next week. Yes. Oh, also, Olympics are starting this week, so I'll be watching that. I'm excited. I love the Winter Olympics. Yeah, I might watch some. Where are they having it? Where is it? Beijing. What's the host country? They're in Beijing. Beijing. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. So, all right. uh, Go USA. Go USA. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll do it again next week.